I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories every Monday and Thursday of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. So today we have Nick Lozada. He is a teacher, a sports coach, and a photographer from Humble Park in the Chicago area. He has been married to his beautiful wife, Melanie, for almost a year, and his faith in Jesus Christ has been the foundation for his success in life. He uses his platforms to be a servant and help make a difference in the lives of others. I love that, Nick. Welcome, welcome to the Courageous Podcast today. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too. And uh, this is a beautiful platform you have created and God's definitely blessing you. Amen. So I wanted to have you on because obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic and we have been for many, many months now. And being a teacher, I think it's so important to highlight a teacher, all the teachers and all the things that that teachers have been doing the last several months to continue to educate our children and and to just continue to do the amazing selfless work that they do every single day. And so I wanted you to share kind of your courageous story also as an athlete, because I know that there's a lot of kids out there that unfortunately didn't have that opportunity to play their sport and be seen by potentially scouts and and maybe have some more opportunities for college scholarships and things like that. And I have a heart for that because, you know, my son went through that journey of playing baseball. And so, you know, you, I think, embody an amazing teacher, an amazing coach, and just an amazing person. And so I wanted you to encourage not only young people and kids that are on this journey, maybe college kids or even parents that are on this journey with their kids. And so, I wanted you to take us back to, you know, your younger years and what your upbringing was like, how you found baseball and how that impacted your life as you got through college. My journey started in baseball when I was around three or four years old. My grandmother had a long yard on Mozart and Augusta. That's where we grew up. My cousin and I would just play baseball with everything, rocks, it could be uh, broomsticks, it could be bricks, it could be anything we could find just to play home run derby right in the front. And it was a joy to do that because that's how we learn the sport. That's how we learn intellectual skills with everyone in the block because we would play on the street sometimes. And, you know, the old school rule is you had to be in by, you know, when the last street lights went on. And, right. and my father, he was he was a very big baseball player and fan of sports, Chicago White Sox. That's what he Yes, he says to this day, and he was a product of Borough Community High School and over the great Richard Tom Leone, and he used to tell me stories about him. And my first game ever as a, as a fan, he took me to the city championship in the early 90s, and I was, I was like five or six years old. That was really the birth of how sports really came by, especially baseball in my life, that uh, my father took the time and just tell me stories about how this coach really impacted his life and the lives of others, and really that legacy just really started turning in me like what I really wanted to become and how sports really made a difference in my life. And it started from newspapers to reading sports magazines to carrying posters. And early in that time, that's when Michael Jordan was so big in the early 90s. And and you couldn't help but just stay on a little five-inch TV that was in the kitchen. It wasn't, it wasn't like what we have now, but it was some really good times. 
That's awesome. You know, I love how you're sharing about growing up in the neighborhood, and I'm sure tons of people can relate to that growing up playing baseball. And yeah, playing with rocks and playing with anything like that is so real, especially in the inner city for kids if, you know, they're trying to stay busy and do something fun. And the fact that your dad, you know, was instrumental in, uh, and I know he was a great baseball player, you know, he and I went to the same high school, Roberto Clemente. I too am a Sox fan, although I'm a Chicago fan. I love, I love the Cubs and I love the Sox. I just got to say that. But I also knew the great Tom Leone and I, I was able and fortunate enough to work with him with the baseball team, taking score and just helping him do, you know, whatever he needed to do. And he was very instrumental, I know, in a lot of young men and their lives. Tell us what your journey was like as you were going out of high school into college and kind of what that journey was for you. For baseball, going into college, it was a pretty interesting journey because going into it, I originally just was committed to play football and I had a really good senior year in high school for baseball. I made all city some good accolades. It it was really profound. And and when I went into college, since I was already on the football team, I had to walk onto the baseball team. And I, I was really automatically from that beginning, I was already the underdog. My coach was very disciplined, very, very disciplined. And he harped and just preached on just hard work and just overdoing things and I kind of had a feeling throughout my career there that he just had me on there just to showcase that he catered to minorities. And mm-hmm. it was I was the only Hispanic on the team. And the only other minority was my good friend of mine. His name was Chris, and he was African-American. And there were things that he did throughout our career that we didn't realize until now that I really like, man, if, if you would have done those things now and at times back in what it was when it was in 07, things would have been looked at very differently. And you would have been told this coach is not doing things ethically or, you know, just for racial profiling that. And with that, I still respected him. I really did. Mm -hmm. I I respected all my coaches and he really bought a good work ethic in me, but it was very, very hard because being from all cities to now the bottom of the bench and you really didn't see a lot of playing time and traveling and knowing you're not playing and you're just there just helping other somebody else get ready for their game. It's, it's a very big emotional thing and you really have to be disciplined. You really have to be strong and have a strong will knowing that, you know what, this is not about me. I had to be part of the team and my time will come. It was tough, but I am thankful for that moment. That's great. And you know, that happens to a lot of young people. Um, My son, played baseball for many, many years on a couple different organizations. And oh my God, we met amazing kids and amazing parents. And many of them went on to play college baseball, but they kind of went through that same experience as you did, even though they were sought after and went to play some for some great universities. You know, they really didn't get a lot of playing time and they were on the bench. And it's very frustrating when you go and it's your dream to go play college ball, but yet you're on the bench, you're not playing, you're not getting the experience, you're not getting the exposure. And so I'm glad that even though that happened to you, that you were still saying, hey, I'm going to keep working hard. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do to just get better and to improve and to compete so that I can continue to play this game that I love and hopefully get those opportunities that I that I want to get in the future. And so I know during that time, that you were struggling, you were going through all of that. You had an interesting encounter with God. Tell us about that. At the time when baseball season was going on, I was going through a real big storm. One of them was being 19 and having your heart broken. That was a journey in itself. But uh, 
being away from home, being alone in a dorm with my best friend. And it was a first time away from home, but I couldn't just go home and pack up and just go because I know how to stick it out. And I committed to this. And mm-hmm. also being on the bench, it was a very, very hard time. And financially, we were just struggling to get by. And there was even a time where they almost threatened to kick me out of the dorm because I wasn't able to pay my bill and time. So it, it really, really hit hard. And there were times where I would just break down. And a very profound moment in this, this storm was... I found God in a little bathroom in a basement and it was in my dorm room and I had to go around two or three o'clock in the morning because my best friend was sleeping. And then mm-hmm. I was really, there was even times I was even yelling at God. I was really angry. And I was like, God, God, why am I going to, why am I so hurt? Why am I going through this transition in life that mm-hmm. really hurts? And I, I look back at that moment. Those are really like the root of how my foundation in Christ started. And I'm thankful for that because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I wanted to quit every single day, but I knew that I had purpose there and I had to finish strong. And even despite my storm, I know people that were looking up to and people were relying on me to be strong and to carry on that legacy for Lazadas and for other people that, you know, just see me as a role model. And I know I had to do that moment led me also so master's commission the next year. That's powerful. To be so young and to still say, hey, I've got to press through regardless, even though I don't have anybody around me, I'm going to go into literally my prayer closet and say, God, I need your help. I need your strength. I need you to guide me because there's nobody around right now that really understands what I'm going through. And the fact that you relied on God uh, during that time was was pretty powerful. And so I know you said that your mom was struggling with cancer uh, at the time. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Just the background of my mother. My mother was extremely hardworking. My mother worked two jobs all through high school and even in our grammar school years just to support us and to give my sister an opportunity to live our dreams. And we we were involved in a lot of things. My sister was an amazing student, also an athlete, but she also traveled dancing around Chicago area and all the, around the United States. So with that, she always did enough to provide for us to have those type of dreams because things that she never had. So when mm-hmm. she announced to us that when she had cancer and she never cried and she never broke down, that's, my mom was just so, so, so strong. I could count on my hand how many times I see my mother cry. That's just mm-hmm. how drunk she is and right. when she broke down saying that she had cancer that's when i knew it was something serious and for me personally that's why i know i i took it a little harder than usual because i'm like man this is my strength this is my foundation this i get my strength from her and knowing that my strength from her is like when she's not strong in her moments i had to step up and it was hard for me to take on and it wasn't easy and she she did so much for us to know that like you know I'm going to handle this part of the end. I just want you to live your dreams. And I want you to do what you got to do. It was a very, very tough time. And I wanted to quit every day. And it, it just it just added to the storm. But uh, God persevered in me. And I'm thankful for that. That's great. And how long did she fight cancer? She fought it for one year. It was really surprising that when she was going through this, she really didn't tell us because she wanted us to still continue doing what we're doing. And when she announced it, it was in front of the family around Thanksgiving that she's like, you know, my diagnosis is not good and I need your prayers. It just so happened that in the, in the next few weeks that we were just uh, really dug down and praying for her and being for my mother and, you know, God healed her. And it was a beautiful mm-hmm. moment. That's amazing. I love that. Your mom definitely is strong. And I can tell that you definitely 
draw strength from her and her example. And the fact that she sacrificed everything for you and your sister is is pretty powerful and very common in moms sometimes and dads, you know, where they just say, hey, no matter what I'm going through, I'm not going to worry my kids. I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to show them that I can get through this. And that's the example. So that when you're going through something difficult, you can look back and say, hey, look at my mom. If she went through this, I can definitely get through this too. So during that time, I know you had said that you used baseball as your outlet and your escape mentally. Tell me a little bit about that. How I gained my escape from with baseball was that I knew that in that moment, and I tell my athletes this a lot, whereas we could have the biggest storm in our life, we could go through the biggest things, but on those three hours that you're practicing or you're in a game, that's your escape from life. And that's your escape where you could just enjoy what God has blessed you with. So I use baseball as a way to just really help others. I wasn't playing a lot. And I, and the funny part is that I came in as a shortstop and my coach was like, well, you're not playing shortstop. You're playing catcher and outfield. But almost like the humble part came out of me. I'm like, who is this guy telling me that he knows what better position than I am? Like, who is That's he? Right. Really? And I'm just like, man, what, <laughs> like, how can he do that? But then I realized that it was changing those positions that helped me be versatile in my serving for my teammates, whereas I will catch bullpens and I was not good at it. Uh, it took me a long time to learn. But during that time, really, I didn't just sit back or just be mad. No, I learned new, two new positions and I gained a good set of teammates that really supported me and really helped me along the way because they seen that I wanted to learn and be there. And so I'm thankful for my teammates, you know, like uh, Chris Lehman, um, Bobby Truckenball, Danny Eckler. Those guys were just really, really good to be around and they were really good people and and they were better than me humble enough I had to admit that at the time Mm -hmm. they were better than me because they were just more advanced and I became a better player and it was that moment of me just saying down that years later that my game just took off and I was thankful for that Mm -hmm. I love that there were other people there with you at your same age that were also encouraging and inspiring for you to kind of help you get through that that difficult hump that you were in. I know that you said that that journey was the thing that changed your walk with Christ. And so I wanted to ask, you know, at what age did you find the Lord? I found the Lord at eight years old. I have already had a relationship at that young. And this is where my family, we went through ups and downs in our journey, in our Christian walk. And this is, I'm just going to be truthfully honest about that. And mm-hmm. The reason why for that is because at a young age, I went through a divorce when my, my parents divorced. And that alone was itself. And in the middle of that divorce, my grandma passed away. And that was something that was very hard on us, too. So we kind of had journeys where we kind of like questioned, like, you know, if this guy is real, because why are we going through this heartache? And that right. was just how, as a young age, we were, we experienced and we seen some ugly stuff. And mm. it was hard for everybody. Everybody about my grandma was such, such a legacy on so many people. So that that enough it could steer anyone away from just thinking that guy was real or think guy was not in the midst of our storms. So wow. around that age, we started going to a church called Grace and Peace. It's called Carpenteros now. It's on North Avenue and Kedzie side, and mm-hmm. it was it was a big church for us. My grand my mother would take us to you know, Christian camps and uh, Camp Pennywell and other ones, those people poured into us. And uh, my mentor today that I look up to and think so highly of, uh, Edmund Caraballo, that's my spiritual father, how mm-hmm. he's just helped me become such a, a great man of God. And his example, oh my God, he's just uh, such a humble guy. And 
they really carried me on. And even as early as seven, eight years old, I was praying as a young kid and didn't know how to pray, didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But I was on my knees in my room with, the, I remember a Power Ranger in my, probably in my hand or a football in my hand. <laughs> so just knowing like, God, like, you know, like, are you real? Are you there? But if you are, can you feel my parents? And mm-hmm. It was tough. It really was. And even in the midst of that, being young, um, he was still there with me. And now, now I see the fruit of the foundation when it was there. So that's awesome. And so I wanted you to share, you know, what was your motivation to just continue to push through all of these things? My motivation was just the influence I had in me. I know that I had people looking up to me. I know that people relied on me to carry this name and your legacy is a choice and what you do with it is up to you. And I know that my name held volume and my parents relied on me to make sure that, that we made the most of ourselves, my sister and I. And I, to this day, I remember my first time I ever quit something. And that was when I was 10 years old in the fourth grade. And I was mm-hmm. playing for the Oilers in Portage Park as a football team. And I went through very rough. My, my parents were very disciplined and they didn't play when you had bad grades. When you had bad grades, you didn't play. That's just, that's just how it was. That's right. So, so my parents didn't let me play for a while because my grades were bad. And then when I came back, my teammates were like teasing me like, oh, well, at least I've been here because you, you have bad grades. You know, they were like getting on me. When I had that moment happened, I decided not to go back. And that was a very heartbreaking. So then I look back and I'm like, why did I let other people turn me down when I was in the, going through a rough time at, at 10 years old? And at that moment, I realized I was like, I'm never going to feel this again. I don't want right. to feel like this. I don't want to do that again. So quitting was never an option. And from mm-hmm. there on, I carried that. And I always remind myself of that moment of how people looked at me and be like, you know what? We relied on you and you weren't there and now you quit. And I just, I just couldn't live with myself knowing that. So when I go through adversity, I always remember that one time that like, you mm-hmm. know what? People are relying on me. People need me right now. God even needs me to make sure that I'll make his example. So That's I always right. think back at that moment. And you know, that's something that that we forget to do sometimes. You know, I tell people all the time, like sometimes you think that you're weak and that you can't get through the thing that you're struggling with, but you have to go back to a really difficult time and say, wait a minute, I've already been courageous. And so I love that at such a young age that you could still go back to that and realize that quitting is not an option. And I know that I have to keep going because there's a calling on my life and and God is going to use this to encourage me and encourage other people. And so looking back, is there anything that you think that you would have done differently? Absolutely not. I enjoy the journey and I enjoy how real it is. It's the moments that really make it worth it. And I know that any journey that, that has hardships and roadblocks and that's when you know you're in something real. But for you have an easy road ahead, that's not going to lead to something that's glorious. You know, God that's puts right. you through trials for a reason, mm-hmm. and He prepares you. And it's not it's hard, it's tough, and you go through emotional breakdowns. You you go through heartaches, but I know that every single kid needs that. And I use sports now for that reason because I'm always the optimist and like. I never, I never was a real big fan of teams just loading up and just beating mm-hmm. everybody by 20 points and thinking that, okay, well, I'm a better player because I'm a good team. But reality is there's a lot of players on that team that really haven't developed the way they should because they really haven't dealt with adversity the way they should mm-hmm. and knowing how to compete at a high level, knowing how to compete when the pressure is on. So I, I love that adversity, that part in sports where 
you learn how to be strong. That journey prepared me for those big moments, and I'm thankful for that. That's great. And so let's shift gears just a little bit. I know that you are working with young people in your work as a teacher, as a coach, you know, you're building up athletes and you're using your life lessons and kind of the things that you went through to encourage them and inspire them, but also to fill the gap that if they don't have someone that's in their corner, supporting them, understanding them, you know, tell me how you're giving back to the youth right now. One of my main things that I'm giving back to is being a teacher and a coach right now for ITW Davis Spear Academy. I've been here for seven years. It's been a blessing. I've been here since the root of it before it was a lumberyard. Now it's a football field and a beautiful school. It's mm-hmm. been a very good journey. It's been very profound in my life. And I'm thankful for all the kids I encounter on a daily basis and just the way I could serve them. And before that, I worked at Humboldt Park in a stadium, you know, for when Lil, Lil Wrigley opened up and a lot of those kids helped me start my career at ITW and they followed me there. And it's been great. Little do you know, like the kids that I mentor and I teach that they're learning from me, but yeah, I'm learning from them too. I'm thankful for the mentorship that God's given me because he's put me in a platform where it's like, I know you're going to make mistakes and I want you to make mistakes and I want mm-hmm. you to learn from them and I want you to get better. And from there, it's been, it's been really good. And I could just say I'm telling my two nieces, Maya and Jada are doing beautiful. They're mm-hmm. they're doing great and their softball journey is doing well. Juliana Acevedo is uh, possibly going to be my first D1 athlete, maybe, or mm. you know, D2, D3. So that's she's been with me since she was eight years old. My first travel team was with her. She was the only girl on the team. I had other kids like Nick Torres and some other ones uh, that followed me along the way. That this I'm just thankful that I'm just able to pour into their lives and with their parents as well. Having their support has been meant a lot to me and it led to so many other journeys right. of just photography and just mentorship and even the journey of meeting my wife. So it's been, right. it's been really good. So. And so I know that you help a lot of your students too with personal struggles and trials and things like that, which I think is amazing. But what would you say to an athlete or a parent that's listening right now, even your students, if they were disappointed because of the pandemic, they weren't able to finish strong, they weren't able to go through all the amazing parts of senior year and experiencing all that, or maybe they missed an opportunity to go on and play college sports, you know, what would you say to encourage them? What I would say to every athlete, and I told an athlete this week, is having a farmer's mentality. And a farmer's mentality is every coach loves to see an athlete that knows how to do things on their own, that doesn't rely on anybody else to be their self-motivation. And what I mean by that is, yes, this pandemic is awful. And even as a coach, I struggle with it myself. I had many days in my prayer closet that I just I just couldn't understand. Like, man, God, we're ready to have a great season. And all of a sudden, this happened. It, it was just a real big gut check. But every coach in America would agree that any athlete that's doing their part and then when this pandemic is over, they see that they're prepared, that they didn't skip a beat, that they just done what they had to do without nobody being in the audience while nobody telling them is very infectious and they love that athlete because they know they can contribute on the next level, you know, when they need it the most. And I know that every athlete should have a mentality of, okay, I know that I missed a season. It's a gut check. It sucks. It hurts. I I put so much time into it, 
But the more I prepare, the I know the blessings will come when the rain comes, when my opportunity comes again to play games. When the athlete does that, they could continue being successful in life because, you know, adversity is going to come any shape or form. You know, that's life. You can't tell a storm, okay, storm, I want you to come in December and through March. But after baseball season, I want you to go. It doesn't work like that. So, But why? Why? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> so we had that choice, but it doesn't I work know. so much like that. And It doesn't. I, and I tell, I tell every athlete, just continue being prepared and knowing that I'm here for you. I'm here to be your guide. And I, even this past week, I did a few videos for my athletes just to get the recruiting back in cycle because it's about to open mm-hmm. up in a week. And right. it's been uh, it's been really good. And so I just tell them, keep, keep grinding, keep doing what you got to do and be prepared because the worst thing you could do is you have four months or three or four months of just sitting back and doing home and doing nothing. And yet you weren't prepared when the time was called and you're out of shape and you're just rusty. And, That's and, right. coach, and the coach is going to look at you and be like, well, you've wasted my time and you wasted right. your time. Not everybody is disciplined enough to really go after that dream of baseball or football or whatever that is for them. I mean, you have to live it every day. You have to eat it, breathe it, dream it. Like everything that you think about all day long is that goal that you're working towards. You know, it's like an Olympian, right? They're working, working, working for that one moment, that one opportunity. And I love that you said that you have to have the farmer's mentality because you do. You have to continue to work hard to achieve any dream that you have, you know, not just one thing, but throughout life, we have to continue to do that. And so, why did you think it was important to share your story today, Nick? I felt just let to share it because I just know how many athletes around the world just need that mentor, that need that someone to care for them. And my model in life is I live my dream by supporting the dreams of others. And I'm just called to make a difference. And what I mean by that is putting in my mind cave as a reminder that everybody wants someone to care. You know, they want that person to just be there for them. And they want that someone to just actually go the distance with them to really know that hey, even in my hard times, even in my good times, they have someone there. And the greatest gift you could give somebody, like Jim Valvano said, is uh, is believing in them. So I try to do that every single day for my athletes and just their journeys because life is going to hit us in different That's shapes right. and forms. And it's not easy. I've mm-hmm. had kids that that done well. I have kids that I lost throughout the journey and I have even had kids that passed away and that's mm. been very hard and emotional and every day I'm on my knees for them. And it's not, right. it's not an easy journey. And I know that they want someone there to know that, that they're going to be with them in those times. And I right. want to make sure that I'm there for them. And I want to share the story that whatever you're going through or whatever walk of life you're in, just here to love on you. I'm just here to serve you. I'm not here for wins. I'm not here for championship. They'll come. Along the way, they'll come. I'm just a servant to my athletes. I don't want my athletes to serve me. I want to serve them. Amazing. You know, one of the things that I've always loved about you, and I've known you since, probably I think since you were 19, is that you have such a heart. You're so humble. You're so loving. You're so kind. I think I told you, I don't think I've ever seen you get mad. Although you said you've gotten mad about things, but I've never seen that in you. But I love that you just have such a heart. And I know it stems from your upbringing and like what you said, your grandmother, your mom, your dad, your family, you know, mentors, you know, Pastor Ed. Oh my God, I love Pastor Ed. Like he has also been an amazing mentor and my first pastor to my husband and I on our journey 10 years ago. So 
it's amazing to have all these people and the fact that you want to be that person for those that may not have such a great support system or may not have uh, such a great upbringing that you want to fill that void. And that's the calling that God has on your life. And so I wanted you to share, you know, how can people connect with Nick Lozada and, and just tell people, you know, what you're doing right now as a ministry with your wife to continue to encourage and just minister to kids and their families. Well, my wife and I, we started this ministry where we do photography for other people and we do services for other people, like whether it could be videos or it could be just having a helping hand or just having an accountability or a mentor. So what we do is uh, we connect with people. We set up appointments where they want to share and we do everything by donation. We don't feel the need to make money out of this. We just want to make sure we serve people. So during this time, we've uh, taken pictures for graduates in eighth grade and kindergarten and even birthdays. And we also done like um, prom photos. So we've uh, captured a lot of beautiful moments throughout this time. And Mm -hmm. we just want to build a platform to just serve people. And something that I wanted to do with my wife together, we talked about doing ministry together. And now this is something that we started on our own and God has really blessed us. So Mm -hmm. we have Lazada Creations on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a website that is personal as uh, nicklozada 34112com It just shares our stories. And my phone number is 773-895-6908. And throughout the day, we just serve people. We text people. We give encouragement. Any way we could do just to serve people. And it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what lifestyle you live or anything. We're, we just want to bless others. And we just want to make sure we're serving. So we're open Amen. for you guys. And uh our, our communication is open to anyone that wants to receive anything. That's great. I encourage people to reach out to you and Mel and that they will continue to be blessed. You know, all the students that, that you and Mel are, are working with and touching, that you guys will continue to minister to them and support them. And that God will give you the strength to do that because I know it can be exhausting and emotionally draining. And so I pray that God gives you that continued courage. So I want to shout out all the eighth graders, all the seniors, all the college students that have graduated and are graduating in the month of June. As Nick said, this is a difficult season, but it's going to make you better. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to show your perseverance. And I know that God is still going to do amazing things through all of you and that you will be able to celebrate these amazing things. And Nick, I want to thank you for continuing to answer the call that God has put upon your life from a very young age and that you will continue to listen to his voice, continue to get on your knees and go to the closet. Because you know what? These kids, they are so lucky and blessed to have you and for you and your wife now together as one body to continue to bless and encourage these kids. And so I know that uh, Lazada Creations is going to continue to grow as a ministry and that God will use it. Who knows what's going to happen, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see you on this journey. And lastly, I want to say happy anniversary because I know you and Mel will be making one year And I'm I'm super excited for you guys. Your wedding was beautiful. It was amazing to see both of your families together. And I pray that you and she get to celebrate that one-year anniversary. And I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Courageous Podcast. And I look forward to hearing more about your journey and you know, the things that you're going to be doing in the future to continue to impart wisdom and love and encouragement to all of our young people. So thank you. No, thank you, Mila. This platform is amazing. We love you dearly and how you supported me and 
I just thankful for this time to just share, you know, the good news and what God is doing. And yes. I know you're doing it as well. And it's it's just a, a beautiful platform. And somebody sold a seat in us and we want to pay it forward. You know? I look at all my coaches, you know, Lonnie Priest, Tim Brown, Marlon Tobin, all the coaches that really poured into me that I want to pour into others. And I, we pay it forward, you know, for the people That's that right. have done it for us. So Awesome. So. Well, let's continue to pay it forward together as a community and continue to bring hope. And so I thank you and God bless you. And God bless you. Hey, Courageous Community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.